This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Airbuds. Michael Benner just reached out to the big ball. Check it out. I'm LeVar Ball, and I want to tell you that nobody embodies the big baller brand spirit in the podcast space like the Air Buds. Jamel, Peter, and Mike are like the podcast version of my three sons. Happy basketball. Big ball is out. Hello and welcome to the fucking damn it, Mike. Hello and welcome to the Air Buds Podcast. It's happening now in an audio format. Uh, my name is Janelle. I'm Peter. My name is Mike Benner. Happy Biden basketball, baby. This shit is stupid. I don't even want a president no more. Hashtag not your president. None of them. I told yeah, you about I mean, the old dude when I voted, right? No. I told Peter, but I haven't. So I <laughs> voted the, the night before uh, Tuesday. Caught to the polls like, you know, 15 minutes before they're closing. It was this weird like WeWork building over off of Western, like Sunset and Western. And nobody is in there. I'm the only person voting. There's like 20 machines. There's nine employees. Just me. I got to fill out a change of address. They jerked me on my on my Nithia bid. You know what I'm saying? So I'm filling out my change of address. And then this old black dude walks in and is just came came ready for the drama. He just he walked in. And the first thing he said was, I'm here to vote for everything but president. (laughs) (laughs) And then and then I'm just like, oh, shit. and then he's like, well, well you know, uh, our, our votes don't matter, but I'm here. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, what do I need to do? And uh, he just he's, keeps raising his voice about how votes don't matter. And then there's only one other black person there. It's this a woman. She seemed like she was a little older than me. And she was just like a poll worker. And she's right. Like, no, th- we're here because our votes matter, sir. Don't do that. And now they're going back and forth. And he's like, how you going to tell me my, our votes matter, sister? How you going to tell me? We've been, we've been voting for 200 years. And then, she, and then she was like, sir, no, we have not. That's why we're in here right now. Uh, shout out to all the people that voted, I guess. I don't know. How much do we want to acknowledge what we're currently living under? 
What are we going to not acknowledge it? Come on. Yeah. Get out of here. Well, you know, we, we have a very special winning. episode today. Uh, it's kind of the culmination of, of uh, you know, a longstanding bit from the show. But I just want to get uh, our guest in here real fast because, you know, I, I could tell he's just rare in to talk. He wants to comment. He's being the polite podcast guest, not saying anything, laughing in the background. But uh, let's get him in here. Uh, please welcome comedian, podcaster, uh, you know him from Who's Your God, uh, Views from the Vista, The Male Gaze. He's, he's got more podcasts than anyone I know. Uh, please welcome Steve Hernandez. Great to be here, fellas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about all of this shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you vote, Steve? Every part of it, bro? Uh, yeah. Uh, did I vote? Of course I voted. Uh, just for Nithia and the props. You know, no on Prop 22 and Nithia, and we wanted to vote Jackie Lacey out. So two out of three for me is pretty good. America just insists on getting fooled by corporations, so let them have it. You know, if they want to keep I mean, getting fooled that bad, they can have it as far as I'm concerned. Here's what I don't understand. These fools put up, they put up how many millions? 200, 200 million? Yeah. 300 million? Yeah, 200 million. Yeah. Like could they have just given that money to their employees? <laughs> yeah. Did you did you read the prop though in the voting ballot? Yeah. It's not de- oh, no. it's not deceptive. They straight out said this is so that corporations don't have to pay for health insurance or anything like that. It's one of the first times where the wording wasn't weird or anything. It's just like you're just letting corporations off the hook. It, I was shocked too because often the wording with the props are yeah. crazy confusing, and it was so straightforward. <laughs> yeah, it was that's like, what I mean. It was just like, nope, we're gonna totally fuck you, and there's nothing you can do about it ever again. And then they're like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. America's so twisted and fucked up, dude. It's fucking Jesus got everybody's head flipped around. Fucking uh, uh, Joel Osteen and them niggas, man. People are like begging to get fucked. Please fuck me. My mom, uh, I found out the day before the election, my mom and my stepdad, or I should say her husband, I'd never lived with them or anything like that. Um, they voted for Trump. Mm. And my mom, I saw it on Facebook stories. Uh, that's a, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. That's bleak. Yeah. Oh. yeah, my mom, like, my mom works at Kaiser. She works, she's like, Works in the natal unit, like just like checking people in and stuff. So she takes like fucked up selfies of herself at, at Kaiser and shit. Like it's always bad, but that's I still all go on Facebook and see like, oh, that's cool. My mom just wants to tell people she's alive. She just wants to feel alive. But I saw there was a story and that was a little weird to me. And then I checked on the story and she's like, hey, guys, we're she, she sounded real sad too. she said, you guessed it. We're voting for Trump, and they were at a. <laughs> she really said it all sad. They were at a like a ra- a parade thing, but in Glendora, which is a notoriously like white, like it used to KKK used to be heavy there, but it's like a white city next to like Covina and Azusa and all that stuff. So, uh, and her husband was her husband who looks like an ex. He's like a ex cholo. He looks like he went to Victory Outreach, like that. Just like the guy in all the videos, like Jesus, bye. He looks just like that. And he had a Trump shirt on that said Trump, no more bullshit. And I was like, he's been the president. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you can't. Niggas act like this shit didn't just happen. I don't get it. It's crazy, man. I I love this country so much. We are so 
fucking stupid that it's like hot. <laughs> yeah, we are we are pretty hot and fuckable dummies. Look at us. At least we have our looks going. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be really saying we. <laughs> <laughs> Benner's cute. Benner looked like Steve Kornacki. Benner's cute, and he and he gets some pretty hot babes and stuff. I know he has one now, but that's more of a personality thing. Uh, oh he's yeah, real totally. in touch with it. As he's real in touch it with his heart and shit. You know, uh, the first time I met Benner was at a Views from the Vista screening at my brother's house. Jamal, you'd been to those before. Absolutely. And uh, Benner was there, and he's like, "Hey, man." He's like, I, "He was dating somebody. He was dating one of my friends at the time," and he's like. This person's been telling me about you. And he was like, we should get coffee. And dude, guys never do that shit. Men do not do that shit. How come you're like that, Benner? I'm like that, too. But how come you're like that? Uh, I think I just like people. I don't know. (laughs) I do, too. Also, you, you in particular, you sounded incredibly interesting from what I was hearing about you (laughs) and and my uh, your friend that I was dating at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I backed it up. Incredibly interesting guy. But the funny thing is, uh, Jamel, you would never ask someone like Jamel out for coffee. Why not? I fucking did. Because I'm not bi. That's why. Because you fucking freaks. Because I like pussy, bro. The night, the night I met Jamel was at a comedy show. And immediately afterwards, I went up to him. I was like, we need to be friends. And then we went and we went and got like a burger and a beer at, on a someplace on uh fairfax i'll get the next week that that something something like that did take yeah. place that is true see that's not far but away. a burger and a beer after a show is different than this was like a week later <laughs> it wasn't after the yeah, show one of the, a private social event different level benner is like an interesting person in the sense of like we met at an improv class years ago and then i moved kind of close to him in the neighborhood and he kind of like became friends with all of my college friends and he's one of the few people who like there was like and then like and then he was like living with like i don't know then they all just became his friends like there was nothing sometimes i feel like when you meet someone and they like encroach on a group of like your other friends it's weird or feels like off-putting and instead he just like completely ingratiated himself to everyone i knew and was like i was like wait a minute this is fantastic this usually never works like this at all yeah benner you're a real good guy anybody does that, if anybody has a negative word to say about you they're a fuckface that's like a probably a real thing oh i don't know why we're talking about me so much but i'm feeling very uncomfortable uh i like people look yeah. see he's not by either jamel it's just me just me sucking that yeah, deep bro yeah, that's fair. It's funny. We, I'll take it back. In, in our text thread, <laughs> me and Benner and a few other guys have a text thread. And somebody said something about cheeks. Like, oh, Steve, I wish you cheeks. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't want cheeks, fool. I want I want a dick. <laughs> and then they're even like they, they were acting like I want to fuck a guy's butt cheeks. I don't want to fuck. I, if I'm going to fuck someone in the I don't need. I want someone to fuck me in the ass. All right. Come on. <laughs> sure. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, that's the more exciting. This is the more. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to. Why would I want to? You know, guys are disgusting. Why would I want to fuck them in the butt? I want to get. I want someone to powerhouse me down. <laughs> to to use my whole fall. I want. I want to just be looking straight ahead, gritting my teeth, like. Ah, ah. <laughs> okay, this shit is. It's, it be. It, why is it so graphic when you go here? I feel- I feel like Benner is also, though, like, maybe not by, but the horniest person I've ever met in my entire life. And that kind of sure. 
uh, expands beyond just like and sexual Steve's identity. Steve's pretty horny too. Steve oh, no, I'm not is saying, like take he Steve synthesized. Steve synthesized his horniness into like productivity. You know what I'm saying? He's like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as horny as people think, though. I, I, you know what? I, 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 um, I yearn for intimacy. So I think that's what I figured out through these years is that sex. I've had a lot of sex. Lord knows I'm gonna have a lot more. Different partners, yeah, baby. different genders. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, sure, but, sure. But uh, I do like intimacy, and and a lot of the times because I've the, the most fulfilling sexual relationships are when you really enjoy that person as well. So, when do you drop the cult? When is the Steve Hernandez sex cult slash open mic? When do we? It, when does that come? It's out? coming. Uh, we just finished <laughs> setting up my video studio in our second bedroom. <laughs> so I'm. It's my very own podcast. It's called Put It in My Mouth with Steve Hernandez. It's, it's starting right. within two weeks, and then I'm going to start. <laughs> no. If you guys don't know, I used to be a youth pastor too, but I'm going to start doing Bible studies online too. So uh, it's going to wow. be at different it times is, of it, the day. I it assume. really is coming. The, yeah, it really don't is. schedule those back to back. No, it's going to be different <laughs> times, different books. We're going to explore everything. I don't, but I'm not. There's no cult. I'm very fallible, but uh, so there's never going to be any cult. But well, you know. it could be a different. I feel kind like of you're too open. Yeah, you're it'll too be a cult to on accident. Nah, it'll happen on that. It won't. He, he he's not gonna set it off. <laughs> but just the the way the email list builds itself, <laughs> it'll go there. Let's talk about why I'm here, though. Yeah, well, I was about to transition into that. Steve, <laughs> podcast professional, keeping the show moving. Uh, Amen. Back when we had an actual basketball season, you might Patreon listeners definitely know uh, we were picking games. Uh, and you know, keeping a record, and uh, the loser of the season was going to have to have like a challenge. And the challenge we landed on, I, Peter, do you remember why you came up with this? But the idea was one of us, whoever lost, had to listen to the Bill Simmons interview with Lena Dunham and then recap it for the everyone else. I think that just like was such a turning point for me in terms of Bill Simmons was someone I like idolized and always looked up to. <laughs> And didn't know that, like, you know, back in a younger time when I didn't know sports and entertainment could be mixed so aggressively. And just, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I just remember this episode specifically um, cauterizing my current feelings in a way that I wasn't prepared for. And I wanted to have someone else share that pain. Got it. So you, this was <laughs> the turning point for you disliking Bill Simmons and you wanted to inflict that upon Jamel. Definitely on the path, yeah, for sure. Well, let me tell you something. I'm pretty sure I listened to the first one. This is the second interview with Bill Simmons and Lena Dunham. I'm pretty sure I listened to the first one in real time, and I really, really enjoyed it. And this that was in 2012. <laughs> so this this recent one, when I say recent, I'm using that loosely, happened in 2014. Go on. Well, I was also yeah, you- thinking about the one that you listened to, Steve. Because I think for me, being in L.A. and also experiencing, I had this weird thing where I knew someone at UTA at the time and I got to read Lena Dunham's script for girls before Judd Apatow made it a TV show. And it was one of the most poorly written things I had ever <laughs> read in my entire life. It was like almost in, like unreadable. Like, And I think that just kind of watching that nepotism in real time when you first moved to L.A. and kind of experiencing it in a way firsthand outside of just seeing it on television kind of 
broke me a little bit. So I definitely, that first one too is equally brutal and like even more kind of like, I'm just a silly person who happened to be successful. And that, yeah, I'm ready to talk about either. Well, we, we, I, I just want to, and Steve, you really yeah, love Lena say, Dunham. Steve is a Lena Dunham expert. No, I understand. You're like a, a legit scientist on this, bro. Let me tell you guys, I, I'm a huge fan uh, of Lena Dunham. I do think, truly think Girls is a great show. I think Lena Dunham is a true talent. Um, and I, I'm i like really in love with her in a lot of ways, too. <laughs> Just like how I look. And I got some of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't. What is it, Steve? How are you connecting with white women's thoughts in this way? I, I know I this it all is going to sound funny, and st- uh, but it's all real and true, too. I think I figured out. Uh, I don't like any of these things I'm about to say about me. But this is where it comes from, and I'm old enough now to, to figure it out. Is a couple of things. One, my dad is my dad is I'm Mexican, I'm Mexican American. So is my dad. My dad got beat when he was little for speaking Spanish in school, and so Whoa. he was those. There's this is very much a first and second generation Mexican thing where you're like, I'm not a fuck, I'm not a Mexican American, I'm an American Mexican. You're like that where you kind of like, I think it twists in you in such a way where. You feel like you you make say that white and American kind of become the same thing. And so I think my dad being proud of that like that, I think somewhere when I was very little, like four or five years old, whenever you become attracted to things, you feel like white is the best. This is a bad thing. It's a byproduct of our racist country, but it's a very real thing. So you put that right there, too. Then you got to remember, my mom was abused. So I was abused. My mom was abused. So my mom was like a dead spirit, you know? So then you take that all, you whirl that together, and I just like to fucking make these fucking sad-ass white women, like, happy, (laughs) fool. I want to just, like, do whatever it takes. Like, to me, it's, like, such a child. That's where it comes from. I know, like, I was trying to make my mom laugh and smile, you know, after the beatings, and it just failed. But so to me, to take, like, a boring, not boring, I hesitate to say it like that, uh, you can say boring. Yeah. They, no, you can they, say boring. They do, they do be boring. Yeah, just a white kind of white woman that works in an office. Like, uh, you know, I've got these. Uh, some of our jokes cross over, Jamel, so I don't like to say a lot of them. But I, I do have a Hey, bit. look, it's fine. I have this bit. I had it before. You, Your whole thing is Kohl's. But I, when I, I have white girl jokes, too, where I'm like, she shops at Kohl's. She may manage at Kohl's. Uh, she looks like she works at an hey, office. Okay. She's got one of those office badges with a face on it. You know, I let it zip back on her waist. Z, wow, like that. Like, so to me, like a boring ass, plain white girl, like that is, that gets me like, mm, like in the forearm, like gets me, that's my fucking gut. Like, look, man, I didn't, my, my mom didn't get beat when I was growing up, but I used to watch Wings and shit. Something happened. I don't know what happened to me. But shout out to the white ladies. Shout out to the born white ladies with the government clearances. <laughs> you guys are great. I'll play you some rap music. Now, Lena Dunham. You won't get it. Now, Lena Dunham, though, you know, she made, I, I, don't, I do take issue with people talking about that she was handed everything. She made a very good movie called Tiny Furniture right out of college. And I saw that in the theater. And right then, too, even then, when that happened, I was like, I love this young bitch. Like, I love her. That was also my and, first uh, girls came out, her, and I thought that movie was incredible. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. Same. And she made, I mean, she made that movie by herself. 
but uh, you know, all that to say now here, let me update you on this new thing and then we'll get back to this thing. I've always felt this connection to her though. Right? Like I've always felt a connection. Now, uh, Benner and I have a friend who is actually close friends with her. And this is how real my connection is. You know, I'm a non-monogamous person, but my girl knows my girl's not. But, you know, I'll talk to her about these shits, you know, and I tell her, hey, for real, though. And this is real. And I really believe this. I think Lena Dunham and I are going to date. And I was like, and for real, though, like, you got to not be mad. Like, this is one where I'm going to leave you for a while. Oh, my and, God. And it's, it's funny, too, is you think I'm joking, but this was a serious talk we had when I'm sitting in my blue chair. If you follow me on Insta stories, there's like different angles I always shoot from. I was sitting on my blue chair. I paused the Apple TV. I looked at Julie. I was like, but I'm going to go. And she was like, she like looked at me and she's like, all right, I respect that. Now, get this. So Ben and I have a friend who's very close with her. And about four or five, six months. Actually, fuck. What am I kidding? I forgot this fucking pandemic. Six months before the pandemic, I should say. Uh, this friend hit me up and said, Steve, I'm with Lena now. She's been very sick lately. Uh, she's feeling down. She's feeling unattractive. I showed her your Twitter, showed her how much you love her. Like, can you please just send her a message, like a video message, and I'll send that and I'll give it to her. And I said, no. And I said no because I was like, I'm not just a fan. Like, we're going to be yeah, something. You're not going to get the cheeks like yeah, that. I was like, you, get out, you can't get yeah, the cheeks like that. Yeah, I told the, I told this person, I said no. I was like, because I really think I got a real shot with Lena. And I think, well, and I don't want her to look at me like that. And I was dead yeah, serious, too. Never- now, get this, though. Guess what? About five days later, guess who gets a video <laughs> message from Lena Dunham? <laughs> Your man right here, Paul. You're in there. Right? <laughs> So, so on this phone, I've got a great message of Lena talking.